This week's show starts off with the latest about Jeep sales numbers, and we'll hear about a viral off-road video involving a Jeep and a motorcycle. We have Extreme Nate back with another Axle segment. We'll be answering your tech questions and talk about tie rod roll and even read your reviews. We've got plenty of tech for you guys this week. We'll be talking about the Dana 44 Axles, learn about ways to reduce tie rod roll, and even get into some peace of mind for those with the new Grand Cherokees hearing some odd noises. It's all coming up on episode 267 of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. Well, FCA deliveries are down as sales slide for the fifth straight month. Fiat Chrysler sales continue to fall, hitting five straight months in January as they dropped 11% to 152,218. The automaker said fleet sales once again counted for the lion's share and accounted for 28% of its monthly total, though it said January fleet sales were down 31% year over year. Ram was the only one of FCA's core North American brands to record an increase, raising 5.5% on an increase in sales of both the Ram pickup and the larger ProMaster commercial van. This is probably due, in fact, to the new Ram design and chassis upgrades, giving the new line of pickups a better-than-ever look. Jeep brand sales, however, are nothing to get, get excited about. Sales of our beloved Jeeps dropped 6.9%, continuing the once-white-hot brand sale decline for a fifth consecutive month, despite double-digit increases for the Grand Cherokee and Renegade and a slight increase in Wrangler sales. As for the Cherokee, well, it's ran to its room, hoping not to get beaten for its sales for its sales fall by an, incre- an embarrassing 25%. Dodge brand sales dropped by 17% in January, with the only only the Journey and the soon-to-end Viper posting gains for the month. Well, there's a mixed bag if I've ever seen one. Chrysler brand sales dropped 39%, but that's not all that surprising, actually, because of the recent sell-down of the two discontinued models, the 200 sedan and the Town & Country minivan. FCA ended the month with around 581,000-plus unsold vehicles in inventory, a 92-plus day supply, one of the highest in recent history. Well, is this poorly timed leap of faith or poor spotting? You decide. Now, there's a video that is circulating the web this week, and it's quickly becoming viral. It shows a sand dune recreation area with lots of various off-road vehicles mulling around. The point of view is from the helmet cam of a dirt bike rider who, with a buddy on another bike at his side, take a rather impressive jump over the top of one particular dune. Now, this is when things go from dazzling to dangerous. Jumping over a sand dune in the middle of a desert in Qatar is one thing. Colliding with another vehicle while doing so, well, is almost definitely something else entirely. Now, for those of you who haven't seen the video, it looks for an instant like there's going to be some serious carnage and possibly even death. But at the last minute, the rider pulls up hard and brings the rear tire directly down on the driver's side corner of a Jeep Wrangler passing by from left to right. Now, how he was able to turn what appeared to be an all-but-certain collision into merely clipping the hood and sticking the landing, mind you, is just pure luck and beyond imagination. This incident could have been tragic, that's obvious, and yet could have easily been avoided as well had the rider's friends or bystanders at the top of the dune let him know that there was a convoy on the other side or even flag down the convoy and have them stop. Sort of like the old days of playing in the street. Someone would yell, car, and we'd all scatter for the sidewalks. Obviously, there's no sidewalks in the desert, and yelling over the top of a dirt bike engine wrapped out in a space as open as the desert has about as much success as giving instructions in sign language to a blind man. Ultimately, there was some poor spotting involved and gross negligence on all parties involved. 
Fortunately, no one was injured, and the only real casualty is the hood of the Jeep Wrangler that the KTM 450 hit coming down from that epic jump. Now, I'm sure insurance will cover it, although let's be honest, that tire mark looks kind of cool. It does. Well, here's to getting it back. It doesn't always happen, believe me, I know from personal experience. But Lincoln Park police say they recovered a stolen vehicle, a 2006 Jeep Grand Cherokee that was stolen January 27th after a man paid for it with a stolen check. Now, police say the Jeep was recovered without damage, but the man who took it has not been found. The woman who was selling the Jeep for her grandmother had posted it for sale on the OfferUp app for $5,000. She drove from Flint to Lincoln Park to make the sale and only noticed a few days later that the check was bad when she went to deposit it in the bank. The woman met the man at what she was initially told was his home address, but ended up being some slot car store. Now, that right there would have been the big red flag that could have saved her a lot of hassle. She told police that he explained that he always meets people there rather than at his house so he can gauge who it is he's meeting. Well, seems legit. Well, then the two went to he, what he claimed was his house where he gave her a check. And as most car deals go, she held up her end of the deal and in exchange, she gave him the signed title. After the deposit didn't go through, she contacted the man who, oddly enough, actually answered the call. He even then agreed to meet her again with the cash. Now, Jeepers, I want you to take a wild guess as to what might have happened next. Well, of course, he never showed up to the meeting and stopped responding to the messages on his phone immediately thereafter as well. Now, the man is described as black in his mid-20s, about six feet tall and weighs about 250 pounds, has shoulder-length braids in his hair. The man who owns the house where they exchanged the check for the title said he had no knowledge of the other man. He did tell a woman, though, that his checkbook had been stolen, so that might be where the bad check came from. The rest of the details haven't been released since this is still an active investigation. But at least the woman's got her grandmother's Jeep back and hopefully has either decided to keep it or has successfully sold it. Something tells me, though, if it's the latter, she insisted on a cash-in-hand deal. Now, let this be a lesson to all of you out there buying or selling a vehicle. Leave the checks at home, would you? If you don't feel comfortable comfortable doing a cash deal, well, then use or insist on using a cashier's check for the deal. They're much harder to forge and can be canceled at a moment's notice should something happen. Well, hey, big thanks to all of you who help us out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have something you think we should be reporting on or you have a story for or a response to any one of our stories, well, make sure you let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, if you do take a check from somebody, a personal check from somebody, you... That that check can mean nothing. I mean, I'm sure everybody's written a check. Not that, worth the paper it's written. Yeah, on. that you've you've written a check and it bounced, and you thought you had money in the account, so on and so forth. I'm not saying that's what happens with a five thousand dollar check. You know, if you've got five thousand dollars or not. Yeah, you're pretty sure. <laughs> but one of the things you can do is, if that's the only way to make the deal, and uh, the person giving you the check surely will understand that you both need to travel to their bank. Yep. And take the check and get. Uh, it's it's Collected Cashier's funds? Check. No, you just you can actually uh, go up to the thing and cash it right there, and then they'll oh, they'll yeah, tell yeah. you they'll tell you if the check is good or not. So it's like the, you don't get the vehicle until we go to the bank. And right, good idea. Yeah. yeah so uh, collected funds. Yeah, that's that's what it's called. So uh, uh, you know you can at least do that if they're really very adamant about uh, you know only giving you a check and you say oh that's fine. Uh, let's go to the Wells Fargo. Let's go to you know, wherever the the, the yeah. check is written to and pull it straight out of there. And then if they don't want to do that, if they don't have time, well, they probably don't have the money in the account. Right. I would say that would be another red flag right there. Yeah, but cashier's check, certainly. Uh, money order cashier's check is, is a very good way to go.
I will say, however, money orders, though, they can be a little bit harder to to cancel should something happen. I actually had to deal with this uh, recently uh, where I was uh, making a, a high dollar purchase using money orders and um, and the person ended up allegedly losing one of the money orders. Uh, it Yikes. was found, but through the process, I was going to try and cancel it. Let me tell you, if you are dealing with any money orders through uh, Fed, or not uh, Western Union, um, let me tell you, just go to another place because they are absolutely impossible to deal with. So if you are using money orders, just be wary that if things were to go wrong or turn south, you may not have as many options at your disposal as you would if you had, were using a cashier's check. Well, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm glad it's been a long time and I've forgotten about it, but uh, the money order is uh, is not such a great idea. I remember a uh, mail order bride incident I went through and <laughs> it was really, really hard to send her back. So... <laughs> <laughs> Tammy does not approve. Uh-huh. <laughs> I <imagine> not. <laughs> I'm I'm still like in awe over that little motorcycle Wrangler. Oh hey, uh, yeah, you, what do you guys? That, that was cool. uh, what do you guys think about that? I think the guy on the motorcycle is at fault. Well, I, like I said earlier, I, both parties are are grossly negligent. Look, I mean, Ow. you are you shouldn't be trapped. Well, so here's the. So the jeeps, the jeep caravan, the off-road caravan, um, traveling along the side of a dune where there are parked people up on the top. Now, likely these people have never ever been off-road in a sand dune type park before, but that is just poor etiquette 101 right there. Um, secondly, you know, you, you in this kind of an area where where there is a lot of jumping going on. Um, obviously, the vehicles themselves aren't doing a lot of jumping. It's going to be happening more oh, with hopefully. the quads and the bikes and the, right. and the side-by-sides, the, the, the sand rails and, the, and that sort of stuff. The Jeeps probably aren't doing as much jumping. And that for that reason alone, they should be a lot more wary about where they're driving and, and how. Um, obviously, there's, you, know, you don't want to be on the downside of a given dune, especially one with you know, people that are sitting up on, on the top. That is a good indication there are going to be people coming over the crest of that. Now, the bikers on, on this are also in, at fault. They should have ensured that they have a team set up that can flag them down, stop them, divert them, or at the very least, give attention to the people that are coming in either a caravan or, or other, uh, other means um, to slow down, stop, or be aware that you know, there is some jumping going on in progress here. There's just a lot of things that both parties could have done to avoid the situation that weren't done at all. So uh, I'm thinking uh, I agree with you. The hood looks really cool, and I bet you you could pop out most of that stuff and have a great, <laughs> a great story. Yeah, I was almost involved in a deadly accident. Not me personally, right. but for the motorcycle guy. Well, I will say one <laughs> last thing before we move on, and there is a law here in Oregon, and we have a very large, world-renowned sand dune resort here um, that is, is very, very popular, especially in the summer months with all types of off-road enthusiasts. But there is one standing law out on the dunes and you must have a flag on your vehicle regardless of what that vehicle is it can be a mm-hmm. 50 cc little quad that you can barely fit two feet on but it has to have that 12 foot whip with a giant orange flag on it if you do not have that and you are caught out on the sand in any vehicle whatsoever without a flag it is a massive fine and i think they even have the ability to to uh confiscate your vehicle or you know hold it um, not to mention even possibly banning you from the recreation area for life. So serious stuff here. We've had several instances here in the Northwest uh, where down in the sand dune areas, there have been lives that have been lost um, due to nothing else but negligence. Uh, this is just one way to help prevent that. And you can't obviously prevent every accident from ever happening, but 
this would certainly have been one way that both parties could have avoided themselves, uh, avoided each other rather, um, if they both were to have large flags or, you know, tall flags on their vehicles. Yeah, I was kind of surprised not to see those uh, uh, flexible uh, fiberglass mm-hmm. whips with the, uh, the little that, flag, those are the, ones. The, the nondescript flag at the at the top. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I kind of got uh, pissed off whenever I saw the motorcycle rider shooting the finger. Like, you know, how, yeah, how dare you to little... be, how dare you be on my sand dude <laughs> while I'm jumping. Right, right. That I, was definitely poor etiquette unto itself. But, you know, I could understand the guy was probably totally freaked out, was not expecting Oh, that, he was expecting to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the air. And these are the last few moments of my life, or at least the moments that don't hurt. Uh, you know, so I wonder how many expletives started getting, you know, yelled out as he crested that, that lip and saw those Jeeps and it was like, Oh no, 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 (laughs) no. Okay. Uh, gas. No, that's not going to work. Uh, pull up. I'm going to try that. (laughs) Very good video. And and from the, some of the other videos I've seen over the years, a much better outcome than, than the others that I've seen. So very fortunate for, for both people involved. I'm so glad he didn't hit that windshield. That would have been really bad. Oh, seriously. And hey, if uh, you're listening and you're either one of those parties, uh, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you in person. Yeah, call me up and give me hell about uh, why the motorcycle guy uh, wasn't <laughs> at fault. You know, that's that's fine. It's Everybody's got an opinion, and we certainly don't mind uh, sharing yours. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. <laughs> so... Uh, we've been doing a series of uh, axles, uh, talking about different axles for for Jeeps. And uh, Nate, uh, Wrangler Extreme Nate, has been uh, bringing us through uh, the, uh, the series. I think we're in the uh, fourth of the series, and I think we've got about seven or eight total. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about the Dana, or Nate's going to talk about the Dana 44 tonight. So let's get over to that and hear what Nate has to say. I think this is only part one of the Dana 44 axle, by the way. Hey Jeepers, this is Nate with another edition of Wrangler Extreme. Tonight I'm going to talk about everybody's favorite axle, and I mean that seriously this time, the Dana 44. The Dana 44 is such an old axle. I mean, it dates back to some of the early CJs, and it's been used in so many applications that it's impossible to cover all of them in the amount of time that I have to convey this information to you tonight. So, I'm going to try to focus specifically on the Jeep Dana 44. Okay, so uh, strengths. The Dana 44 housings are stronger than pretty much anything else that Jeep has put under the Wranglers ever. The Dana 35, as we covered, is uh, garbage, pretty much. The Dana 30 <laughs> is a relatively strong axle, but the 44 is a is a uh, even stronger housing still. Um, the there, there's also a, a standard Dana 44 that comes under the the rear of some TJs and I believe all of the LJs, uh, which is comparable to the the Rubicon Data 44. And then, of course, there's the Rubicon Data 44s with the air or electrically actuated <laughs> lockers, depending on whether it's a TJ or a JK. Uh, the, so the strength's there. It's a, basically an all-around stronger axle. Some of the weaknesses, uh, the JK and I believe also the TJ front Dana 44s have a thinner housing or at least some weaknesses in the housing than some of the older uh, front Dana 44s that you'll find in some of the larger applications. Uh, also, the outer shaft on the front Dana 44 in the TJ Rubicon Dana 44 uh, was actually a Dana 30 outer, and that was to accommodate the 5 on 4.5 bolt pattern that is needed to make the the 
the wheels interchangeable with the standard TJs and LJs. Uh, the weight, depending on configuration and whether it's a steering axle or a, a rear axle, uh, or a straight axle, I should say, it's about 250 to up to almost 400 pounds, depending on how these things are equipped. Um, support, the Dana 44, I would argue, is one of the most common and most swapped axles in existence. These things are everywhere. They're not all going to be Jeep axles, of course, uh, but things like the Wagoneer, the Scout, and, uh, I mean, a ton of other manufacturers have used the Dana 44 over the years. Uh, these things came in, as I've sort of touched on, uh, Wagoneers, TJs were optional in the rear or front and rear if they're a Rubicon, JK, standard in the rear for everything except some of the very earliest models, uh, and of course the Rubicon front and rear. Uh, the XJ had a Dana 44 rear if you got like the towing package and it was a Tuesday and the moon was full. Um, and there were a few other years uh, as I said before, th these things are just so common it's, it's difficult to cover them all. Uh, is it worth upgrading a Dana 44? Absolutely. Put some chromoly shafts in these things, trust the housings, and you've got some really strong axles. Uh, the maximum tire size, I'd say between a 35 and a 37, depending on your driving style. There's guys that run up to 40s on these things. So, there you have it. Dana 44. If you don't have them, get them. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it for the Dana 44. Uh, if you want more information or if you want to send me some corrections or if you just want to chat about Dana 44s, find me on the Jeep Talk forums. Chat you later. How dare you interrupt me, Nate? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on purpose. you know, I was shaking my head when he said the XJs had the Dana 44 rear. And I, then I went, oh, that's right. It was like yeah. uh, 1942. No, it was like the no, really earlies, the uh, like 89, 88s, 89s or something like that. Wasn't it, Josh? Yeah, yeah, it was it was in the eighties. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't remember there being any late, or I, I guess they're mid model uh, Cherokees now. Uh, the ninety seven to two thousand ones that came factory with the forty four. Um, I believe that's when they started going to the eight and a quarter. Uh, yeah, but the forty fours were. I think there were even some Renix years that had the forty four as an option. Um, but man, those are hard to find nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I guess it was, but they, yeah, they were very rare. Anyway, I'll have to look that up because well, I'm, I'm still I mean, questioning bolt, about that. I'm sorry, that's a bolt-in 44 yes, that we're talking nice. about here. You know, uh, that would go into a TJ or 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 an X or rather an XJ. Right. Those were um, leaf sprung. What do you 44s. mean bolt-in? Everything's well, there. You could, the, yeah, everything everything is there. Now these are these the are leaf sprung attached. Dana 44 axles. They yeah. they already have the perches. They already have the shock mounts. It's essentially you know you might have some some drive line issues that you're going to have to figure out as far as length or or um, uh, the drive you know, shaft length, right? Yeah, how they hook up. But um, but ultimately it would essentially just bolt right in without having to cut off and re weld different you know brackets and stuff like that. Now if you're trying to put a Dana 44 from the old Jeeps into something like a Wrangler that did not come with the leaf springs. I mean, obviously, you could do this into a YJ, um, but a TJ Wrangler or a JK Wrangler um, with these older 44s, like what he was talking about, uh, that you're going to end up with a lot more issues. Now, obviously, the JKs have a, a kind of a hybrid 44 um, that are coming with them now, and, and those are even an attractive option for the, uh, for the older TJs and stuff. But um, uh, for the leaf sprung guys, you know, it's the, it's the old Wagoneer 44s, the Ford 44s, or if you can find them still, the old, old Jeep 44s. So the Reader's Digest version of the bolt-in means that you don't have to get the welder out. You don't really have to measure stuff. Uh, there's there's some, but more most of the time it's just attach the shocks, attach the leaf springs, 
and you know adjust the pinion angle and go. Uh, whereas uh, if you get a Dana 44 from another year, you're going to, like Josh said, have to be welding things, right. get the proper angles on the, 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 the pads that you're welding on there. There's a lot more work involved in it. So bolt-on is what we uh, we like most of the time, although some people enjoy building up axles and going through the mm-hmm. whole process. So, um, But uh, there's a lot more work is what it means if it's not bolt-in. Yeah. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Oh, you most certainly are indeed. And if you didn't already know, the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. All you have to do is visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and even the Trail Chasers podcast. All there in one stop. Everything you need to get your fix for your off-road audio. All righty. Well, Tammy, are you ready? I hope so. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Well, folks, the past two Jeep Talk shows, we have been discussing life after your lift. And you can check out those episodes 265 and 266, which are available for download now at jeeptalkshow.com. So last week, we discussed upgrading original steering components for stronger ones. And we discussed um, some steering components on Steersmarts.com. A Jeep friend of mine who's super knowledgeable about Jeeps and the Yeti, and he happens to be the one of two people who got to try out the Yeti before it was um, on the market for everyone. He sent me this, and I wanted to share it with everyone. He says the TJ type steering and JKs are a little different. The JK's drag link mounts from the steering arm to the knuckle and the TJ's TJ mounts to the tie rod. Not as simple as just raising the drag link when talking top or bottom mount drag link, AKA your steering correction or high steer. Running a top mount drag link's main purpose is to limit bump steer. That's when your steering wheel moves back and forth over bumps. Usually we don't have an issue under three inch of lift. You could do that. You could do it, but that's when you run into other issues. One being the minimum bump stop needed three inch or the drag link that's now on top can hit the frame off road, basically limiting up travel. Another important thing to note, running a top mount drag link, we also need a track bar bracket. If the track bar and drag link are not parallel, bump steer will be worse. And some people claim their steering is fine without steering correction with a higher lift. I can say with it on mine is better than without. What Steer Smarts did was make a joint with a straight stud and insert an insert that simply bolts on top of the knuckle. If using any drag link, the knuckle is drilled or reamed open. Kind of a pain in the beep. And Ron from Steer Smarts made this a simple bolt-on solution. So thanks, Ken, for the information. Appreciate it. So, okay, on to part three of life after your lift. We talked about the sway bar disconnects, the steering stabilizer relocation bracket, and beefier steering components. Another upgrade you should consider is fortifying that undercarriage, especially if you go off-road. Just because you're lifted doesn't mean you're safe from dings and dents and breakage. I found that out firsthand. 
Now, most of the Wranglers come with some stock skid plates like the gas tank, the transfer case, and the EVAP canister. One thing that is not protected is your oil pan and transmission, unless you count the cross member bar, which that doesn't even come close to being protection. Mine was dented and dinged, and it just was left everything unopened. And so I decided to tackle the oil pan and transmission skid plate. And I actually did this before I lifted my Jeep. I bought a real sturdy skid, the Moore Mountain Off-Road Enterprises oil pan and transmission skid plate. It's 3 inch plate steel, powder-coated black. It protects the oil pan, transmission case, and parts of the exhaust system, which are not really protected on the Wranglers, the current ones. It's a mostly bolt-on. There's some drilling required. Um, the other protection you should consider is your diff covers. Those can take a beating, especially if you're out on the rocks. I decided to go with the Riddler Manufacturing Diff Covers. They are cast from high-grade iron, and they have a lip-free smooth transition, which is a must when you're off-roading because this is something that will help prevent you on an obstacle from grabbing hold of your diff cover and snagging it. Then, of course, you have upgrading those original manufacturer skids. I'm looking now at replacing my transfer case skid next. I will say my stock gas tank skid has taken a beating, but it's held up pretty good with tons of rock rash and a few dents. Um, I will go back to my transfer case skid and my EVAP canister skid. They're, they've held up pretty good, um, but a lot of people say they're not as strong as they that you could get with other off aftermarket skids. One important addition or upgrade, depending on your Jeep, are those side steps, especially those plastic ones on the Sahara. If you do any type of off-roading, the first thing I would do is get rid of those plastic side steps. The ones on the Saharas don't bode very well when off-roading and they offer no protection to your Jeep at all and in some instances can do more harm than good to your Jeep. I really like my Barricade Rock Sliders, and they were one of the first upgrades I did to my Jeep. They're amazing protection, and they even double as a step. So what's next for life after your lift? Well, for me, that's about as far as I've gotten, and I'm sure there are so many more things that you could do, and I would love for you all to share your ideas. And you can do that many ways. You can email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com. Use the subject line Wrangler Talk. You can also leave me a voicemail on our Jeep Talk Show website. Just go over to jeeptalkshow.com and on the right-hand side of the screen is a little button you push and you can leave us a voicemail. Or you can go over to our mobile-friendly site, jeeptalkforum.com. It's our new mobile-friendly forum that we created just for you. It's not a typical Jeep forum. There's no flaming or telling you to go to Google to do your searches. And there are no dumb questions, and we don't make you feel bad about your questions. You can also find out more about the stories and information we share with you here on the Jeep Talk Show. That's jeeptalkforum.com. Hope to see you there. So, uh, Tammy, you didn't uh, mention about those uh, plastic uh, sliders that came on the Sahara. Uh, people do not like seeing uh, plastic trails these skid, plastic skid marks over the rocks. They just give you a hard time about that. They go, plastic? Really? Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen these things that uh, 
people put on their their vehicles and my i understand not everybody's an off-road enthusiast but you, you get a truck and then you get this uh nerf bar looking thing that's made out of very thin shiny chrome chromed metal and it's hanging like at least a foot below the bottom of the truck i mean it's a it's a sidestep is all it is right don't i mean if it's easy to pick up and, and install don't think it's going to offer any protection. In fact, what it's probably going to do is keep you from having being able to open the door whenever you wrap it around right, something exactly. and having to climb, crawl out your window going, I couldn't open the door. Well, that's a, I paid $300 for that flimsy piece of crap. Yeah. I so wish um, when I went out in my Sahara, I would have just taken it off. It would have been, my Jeep would have been better off without it. Yeah, uh, the Sahara is a. Uh, it, it's neat because it has all the little fancy effects. I remember the, right. the Sahara it's a mob and the, Jeep. The Sahara and the TJ model was was really snazzy looking. It had all the little ground effects and stuff. But boy, those uh, that plastic just doesn't fare very well in uh, in an off road environment. Yeah, not so much. But nothing hey. wrong with that if you like it. So. Yeah, and if you're looking for more Jeep Talk Show, then tune in every Tuesday for the live call-in show. Tony and Tammy take your guys' calls live on the air. You might have heard them talking about it a little bit earlier in the show. And that's right, guys. It is two Jeep Talk Shows every week. They're going to have guests and give you guys that extra Jeep fix you need to carry you through the week. Want to join in on the fun? Well, it's very easy. Just head over to JeepTalkShow.com for the show times and phone numbers. And don't worry about missing the show when you call in. You've got it set up to where the show streams to you during the call. Just couldn't be any easier. Yep, we've had uh, several complaints about the show being too short because it's only a 30-minute show. Yeah. It goes over, it goes longer at times, but we try to keep it around 30 minutes. And, we have a uh, good time. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but the uh, the thing is, is if you would like the show to go longer, all you need to do is call in. If we get a lot of calls, then we'll go longer. We'll I mean, keep you know, going until yeah. the calls stop. So uh, it's it's all up to you guys. We're we're happy to be there, happy to talk to you. And if you, if we haven't said it enough times, we love hearing from you on the voicemails, talking to you directly on the show. Uh, love interacting with all the, the the fun fun folks out there. Everybody's got a story to tell, and we love hearing it. So just call in, and uh, the show will get longer. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at JeepTalkShow.com. You know, I'd, I would assume on the radio too, but uh, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> where do you well, listen? iHeart Radio. That's, that's true. Close. That's true. Uh, pseudo Radio. Hey, uh, where where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? We'd like to know. Give us a call at 530-675-4102 and let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at. Let me ask you something, guys. I don't really have a, an official segment here, but but I kind of threw something in here. Tony's Bitch Session. Oh, yeah, geez. I saw that. I'd vent away, brother. It better right. be about Jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about the super bowl what kind of crap thing is this yeah. no no i'm just i'm just kidding uh, so uh, a couple of years ago i upgraded the headlight harness 
uh, and put some seven inch round headlights in my wife's uh, 2003 TJ. As you know, the lights and Tammy's even spoken about it. The the lights in the the Wranglers and especially the XJs are just horrible. The headlights you just can't hardly see. It's like you know uh, it's World War Two and there's a, a bombing raid coming through and you you turn the lights down so the bombers can't see where you are. So uh, in less time than I think it should have been. Uh, I've had to replace these Sylvania Silver Star sealed beam headlights three or four times in the last five years. I, I don't understand what this crap is. It's not the headlight harness. I'm not. It's not pumping too much juice to it because no, uh, the headlight it. harness just pr- provides a conduit for more current to draw, not doesn't push current to the to the item. So I just think they're making these things like crap. Now I went with the Silver Stars because they're a little brighter, a little a little whiter. Uh, than most headlights and you know they're okay uh, but I'm getting tired of spending $25 a pop for these things and in in fact I almost need to have one uh, in stock on the shelf in the garage so whenever it goes out it happens that often and and I think probably it's been close to two years since we had one go out looking at my Amazon purchases so and and I mentioned Amazon I went over to Amazon of course you can too jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon and uh, I spent about 25 bucks. I think it was around $27 uh, after uh, taxes. So, frankly, I'm just sick of this. I'm sick of replacing those stinking sealed beam headlights. And I'd like to know what you guys think is a good LED headlight replacement. You know, I've been looking at the ones on eBay. I had really good luck with the, the $80 set of LED headlights that I got from my XJ. And, good God, they were so bright, I had to find a way to turn them down. So, but everything that I'm seeing uh, on eBay or even uh, online at pr- perhaps more reputable uh, uh, online stores, they want close to $200, and the brightness does, does just doesn't seem to be there uh, with what I got with the rectangular headlights. So, if you have personal experience with some round, 7-inch round LED uh, headlights, uh, especially if you're using a TJ, because I know the JKs do, you know that funny, uh, that funny stuff, uh, pulsing the the power to the headlights. Uh, it, you know, if you've got a TJ or even a uh, well, YJs are rectangular. If you've got a TJ and you have a round uh, LED headlight that you really like, uh, that's that's really bright, because I can always turn it down. I'd really like to hear about it. Uh, and and please, please tell me if <laughs> don't tell don't give me a three hundred dollar option. Uh, I'd like to, you know a hundred dollars or less is what I'm shooting for. Well, Tony, I've got some quick advice for you if you'd right. like my take on it. Yeah, sure. Let me ask you a question before I go any further. Are you 100% dead set on LED only? Absolutely. All right. There's no reason to use anything else. Well, um, except for the fact of options. Uh, and possibly, well, you've already done the LED um, conversion in, in your XJ. I was going to say possibly also, you know, uh, Department of Transportation or local road laws. But uh, why, I'm curious why you are so quick to discount an H4 conversion. Um, LEDs are the future. They require less power to run and they are extremely bright. Okay. So if you switch to a non-sealed beam conversion, something like an H4 conversion, which they have dozens of choices um, for the kits themselves, um, then you step into your choices for bulbs, and your your options are just blown wide open. Um, you have options of color spectrum. You have options of brightness. You have options for both wattage in high and low beams, all of which you don't have any choice over when you go to LED. 
not to mention there's things like flicker and, and other things you have to worry about with the LEDs. Um, they're harder to aim. They don't have a great beam pattern. I mean, there's just so many other things that just, eh, I would hold off an LED for now because there are these H4 conversions out there and the kits can run you less than 60 bucks in some cases. Um, I mean, the KC Highlights makes one. Hella makes a kit. Braxium. Rampage. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And I mean, some, some of these are, you know, as low as 50 bucks. Um, and then it's you, your, your options are wide open for what bulbs you want to put in there. You want to throw some fat boys in there. You want to throw some off-road only 100 watt, you know, in there. You're, you, it's, you know, your options are as limited by your budget. Right. Uh, for that matter. Well, but I appreciate once you step the, into LED, you lose all of those options. I appreciate the, the information, but if you recall, uh, and it's great information for the audience, but if you recall, I actually have the IPF uh, uh, headlight housings uh, for my XJ and the uh, 88 110 watt uh, bulbs for those that I actually took out of there. And they were bright. They were really nice and they did have a good beam pattern, mm -hmm. but they are nothing compared to these LEDs I have in here. I mean, oh my God. But the, the pattern, I, I would kind of like, we, well, and, and like me, for them to me, do the pattern, change the pattern on those things because uh, the, uh, the, the overhead signs on the highway that are 60 feet up light up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you've already had to not only spend money, but go through you know, a process to get these things to be a little bit more road friendly, mm -hmm. you know, commuter friendly. I mean, this is, and, and even then, I don't know if you're 110% happy or even if they're legal in your area. I am so, extremely I mean, are, happy with them. These are concerns that, that people should take into consideration, I mean, especially the legality of things. I mean, you know, not being able to pass inspection or being able to register your vehicle or possibly even getting a faulty equipment ticket um, and having your insurance raised. I mean, all for the cost of, hey, saying to be able to say, I've got LEDs. You know, to me, yeah, that's you gotta not you've got to be worth. careful that you make sure they're DOT approved. Really, though, and, and I know for a fact that a lot of these LED headlights are not legal in yep. all 50 states. So, you know, even though they look cool and even though they might be bright as all hell, they might get you in trouble, plain you, and simple. And as, you, as you've heard, Tony's already had to go through measures to make sure his aren't blinding everybody else on the road <laughs> as he's driving down the road. Because remember, as, as much as you want to see the road at night, you've got a lot of other people that also want to see the road at night that you have to take into consideration as well. Ah, screw them. Um, there's a lot of people out there with uh -huh. the, uh, the really, the blue, uh, lights that are mm -hmm. brighter than what I have. Uh, and, and this is funny. I, I wouldn't plan on talking about this, but I actually saw somebody, uh, uh, with purple, sorry, yeah. Tammy, purple, uh, lights, not, not the headlights, but the, I guess they were the running lights or the, the, uh, oh, okay. the Did driving they have, like, lights, the angel eyes or the, or, like the no. rings right. around the lights or something. No, yeah, they have the angel they eyes and they have the underneath purple. your Jeep. Oh. They were just purple. It was almost like a black light type thing on the front of the vehicle. And, oh. and that's a big no-no. At least yeah. in Texas, oh. you cannot have right. any color on the front other than uh, white or yellow. I do know there are, there are conversions out there that give you like an LED ring around your headlights right. that you can program to different colors right. or, or whatnot. Um, I mean, and those even run for, you know, under a hundred bucks, but, uh, um, you know, I, I haven't seen ones where it's the entire light that's, you know, lit up by a, by a color, but <laughs> I'd never seen I, now I have either. seen, I have seen like projection style or HID uh, style headlights that have that, you know, that temperature range where they've moved it all the way past white, past blue and into the purple spectrum. And, and I can tell you for sure that those are also highly illegal, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, some people run them regardless. So, you know, do what you will. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep mine down to a dull roar so that, uh, 
I don't offend people and the cops don't get tired of hearing about that damn Jeep driving down yeah. I-10 every day that oh, I can't so you're see. you're the red Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can't, uh, they can't see colors once they've looked at my headlights. Yeah. Right. <laughs> By the way, 4.3 LXJ, um, Steve agrees with Josh. As well as he should. <laughs> yeah. And um, Haspay just said purple lights are fine in Minnesota. Ah, a little Viking action there. Yeah, I had to explain that. I I, I barely remembered that myself. Yep, but anyway, if you have, uh, if any of you guys have any uh, experience with some LED headlights that are really bright on your uh, TJ, the the seven inch round headlights, please let me know. You can just uh, send an email at info at uh, jeeptalkshow.com or visit us over at jeeptalkforum.com. And uh, man, if you got some pictures to go along with it or a video, we'd love to see it over there. There you go. All right, let's get into some reviews here. Oh, yeah, we've had a fairly busy week, guys. Uh, of course, if you can find us on the web, you can find a spot to leave us a review or at very least a comment. We are, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, all over the web. And uh, on iTunes, you can leave us those five-star re- reviews, which we very much appreciate. And, of course, have the ability to leave us a comment. And Adam Vargas did that very same thing on February 3rd. He gave us a five-star review saying, I finally have a Jeep! Yay. <laughs> Lots of exclamation points behind that. Says, great show. Listen all the time. I enjoy listening to you guys. You are very informative, funny, and awesome. Now the big question. What color is my Jeep? Yes. First off, it's an 07 Sahara, <laughs> and my favorite color is red. But uh. I'm with Tammy on this one. I got a black Jeep. Sorry, guys. All you have. You all have a good one. Too. Uh. <laughs> Yay, well, Aiden. Aiden or Aiden. I think I might have called Adam. him Adam. Uh, either way, Mr. Vargas, uh, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to, uh, to to chime in. And of course, as you know, Tammy and I both have black Jeeps. And, uh, and I guess Tammy would be the last man out. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a couple of Facebook reviews. The first one is from Tom Shoemaker. And he reviewed us on the 4th of February, gave us five stars. And he enjoys the show, gets me through the day. But the college show is way too short. Ah, there's one of them I was talking about. Yeah. And then we have Kenneth Maliga. He gave us a five-star review on February 3rd. And Dustin Higdon, he also gave us a five-star review. He says, great show, very informative, good for the master mechanic and beginner alike. Good place to go for motivation. Well, that master mechanic comment must be for Josh, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, (laughs) I I surely don't. Well, very. uh, thank you very much, Dustin, for the kind words. We do appreciate it. We try and give you guys a little balance of both tech and entertainment and uh, news and all that sort of stuff. So um, by all means, if you guys have a review, a comment to share with us, you need to take us to task on something or give us some constructive criticism. You guys know and can be assured that we have always and always will read every single comment we get live on the air. Absolutely. So, folks, if you haven't been on Facebook in the past hour or so, you probably don't know, but we are going to be giving away this Jamic. Um, you can see it right here. Oh, let, me, let, me get the, let me get the big, the big screen up, Tammy, okay. so that they can see it. But it's just it's a folded up. I'll take it out of the plastic. So what is that, and, like a trash bag or something that you, you put on the tire? What is, what is that thing? Yeah, no. This is actually a hammock. For your Jeep Wrangler. Oh, get out. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what you do is you take the top down and you have these straps here and you strap them over your roll bars. Oh, and uh, of the can, Jeep. You take the top off the Jeep. I got you. I'm following yes, along. Yes. Um, anyway, it's kind of like a little hammock. I like for that your logo. Jeep. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. that's it. It is a hammock, isn't it? I didn't realize that. Yep. So anyway, we are giving this one away to some lucky listener. And what you can do to win this is do a Facebook Live video and tell us why you need or must have or can't live without the jammock. (laughs) But you need to tag the Jeep Talk Show in your Facebook Live video or you can share it to the Jeep Talk Show um, on Facebook, so we know that you did this jamic. And well, let's let's sure be specific. Like our Facebook. Let's page. be specific because we want to make sure for them to uh, legitimately get in the the running for this giveaway. They need to tag Jeep Talk Show in the Facebook okay. Live. You can certainly share it as well, but you need so that, to, you need to your, tag in us. Your, yeah, in your little, in you have to do at Jeep Talk Show, right? Is that how you're? That's how I do it. Uh, I think okay. that's the way you do it because you put that at sign, then Facebook knows that you're looking for somebody. Right. And uh, what you might want to do before you do the Facebook Live and tag us, because I think it makes it easier for tagging, if you haven't already liked the Jeep Talk Show page, like the page, which is also a requirement for getting the jammock. And once you've liked the page, do the, do the Facebook Live video. And I'm telling you, uh, uh, good acting is going to help you a, a long way in, in, <laughs> yeah. in receiving this, because we want some interesting, fun videos. And as uh, we as we always tell you, Lying is perfectly acceptable as long as it's a good story. <laughs> so we're gonna when are we gonna give that thing away? It's gonna be a few weeks, right? Because we want to get lots of videos in and uh, have fun. We act, and uh, oh, and I didn't mention this. Uh, we could actually play some of those videos right here on the show too. Uh, oh yeah, that we'll was have, a good idea. We'll have to play the winning video, right? Of yeah, course. at least the winning video. I say we give it a good two good weeks month. to four weeks. That's uh, let's uh, make it for the uh, the first show of April. You guys want to do that? I suppose we could have talked about this before. Uh, what is this, August? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're in February now. It feels like August here. I think we hit 87 well, yesterday. If we, do four, if we do four weeks, that'll put us into March 9th. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, April might be a little too far away. We don't want to uh, drag this out and, and hurt sales over at the Jamic uh, folks, uh, which, which by the way, is veteran I, I, I had some wishful thinking. I thought we were a little bit further in February than we actually are. Yeah, it seems like, it, uh, it seems like we are. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's go, uh, four right. weeks and, uh, that's just kind of loose. It might, uh, it might change up. So, uh, if you want to get your, uh, start doing your Facebook live videos now, uh, please do. And, uh, also too, we'll try to make a comment in your video to validate that you, uh, you're in the running. So, uh, if you, if you don't see us make a comment or like the, uh, the video, then, uh, feel free to badger us incessantly. Because I know you gotta have, you really need this this hammock. I mean, how cool would it be to uh, have somebody in the hammock while you're wheeling? I mean, come on, no, don't do that. That's dangerous. No, that's a no no. <laughs> and um, folks, um, probably I think next week I will have a review on the jammock. I tested it out myself in the bitter cold of Maryland, and um, I'll give you a review next week, I believe. Very Excellent. good. Excellent. We're looking forward to that. All right. Well, let's get over to the master mechanic section. Well, uh-huh. <laughs> you got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I get. It's tech talk with Jeep Talk. Take, take the compliment, Josh. I will, but I go ahead and have to throw out a disclaimer there. As as much as I appreciate the compliment, I am not an ASE certified mechanic. I've just been turning wrenches my entire life. I did work in the automotive industry for over a decade as a technician. So. 
um, I do know what I'm talking about here. So I'm always on the on the hunt to give you guys the best information I can. This week, we're going to get into the grands, the new grands, as it were. Now, not many of us have the luxury or the income to drive a newer Grand Cherokee. Since 2011, they have won countless awards. Even though they have had their fair share of recalls over the years, this latest generation of the Grands, the WK2, has developed a decent reputation. There is one common problem that arises with some of the models equipped with the Quadra Lift air suspension. Now, what is it? Well, all you have to do is listen. Well, not, not to me, but to the Jeep. Now, if you own a 2011 to 2016 Grand and have heard loud clunking noises coming from underneath, well, I have some peace of mind to give you. It's not as bad as you may think. The Quadralift air suspension on the WK2 Grand Cherokees gives the driver the ability to lower the vehicle for easier entry and exit as well as for loading and unloading cargo in and out of the back. You can raise the vehicle for more ground clearance off-road or in snowy conditions, and you can even bring it down for improved on-road handling in the curves, less highway wind resistance, and slightly better fuel economy. Unfortunately, the noise that some of you hear coming from down below is not unusual. It's very common, actually, especially with the air suspension on the fully raised setting. Now, what's happening is that the air struts are topping out as the suspension bounces along and cycles over rough terrain. The increased ride height decreases the amount of droop travel that the suspension has. When you select the rock setting on the select track or the select terrain knob, rather, the suspension is automatically raised to the highest off-road two setting. You can diminish this noise manually by lowering the quadralift suspension to the off-road one setting or even to the standard ride height if you don't need the additional ground clearance while taking advantage of the other drivetrain parameters afforded by the rock mode. Both these suspension settings will offer more droop travel so that the struts do not top out as frequently. Because the noise from the struts topping out is so annoying and rough, I generally recommend not using the off-road 2 setting unless the extra ground clearance is absolutely necessary. However, if the noise doesn't bother you all that much, it really won't do any harm to the suspension in the short term if you simply want to maintain the extra clearance over terrain that doesn't require it. However, in the long run, let's say five years or more down the road, the excessive bottoming out and the droop of the suspension may result in worn, leaking, or otherwise performance-sacrificed struts. There is currently no upgrade for this, so you're looking at an OEM fix, which if done at the dealership could run you into the thousands. So if you have a 2011 to 2016 Grand Cherokee with the Quadralift air suspension and would like to prolong the life of the struts, well, take my advice and stay out of the off-road two setting unless you absolutely need it. And if you don't need the extra clearance, but you need the low range and everything else, well, just drop the height down manually to give your struts a little more working room. And hey, Jeepers, let me know if you guys have a tech question that you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkforum.com, even on your smart form, or even on your smartphone, rather, or shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with a subject line, Tech Talk. And I just want to warn our, our affiliates, we may be running long tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched the time or not. We're only yeah, 50 Lord. minutes in here. It's a great show. I'm having a blast. I hope Lord, you guys are, too. we to the Amazon segment out another week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> People out there going, aww. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. No, that's fine. We like bringing this stuff to you. This is the kind of stuff that matters, though, guys. You, you're after that tech. You're after the, the, the actual Jeep information. We like to play the fun stuff, too, every now and again. But let's... Let's keep the good stuff rolling. Yeah, I, I think that the, we've heard uh, the the few uh, negative reviews that we've gotten wasn't the show sucks. It was just like, less commercials, <laughs> yeah, please. Right. Yeah. yeah, really. Everybody wants less commercials. Oh, so true. So true. 
Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? Darryl, I think you ought to keep that rig at the mall. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with the big old tires and the lockers. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. That was so much fun doing that, uh, Josh. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else enjoys it, but I, I think it's hilarious. Uh, all right. Well, Tammy, uh, let's get to our voicemails quick before <laughs> the affiliates start calling and saying, what the hell are you people yeah, really? doing? You're running over. You're running over. <laughs> hey, we love hearing from all of you. So be sure and call our voicemail line at 530-675-4102 or jump over to our website, jeeptalkshow.com, and leave us a message. All you have to do is click on that little leave voicemail button on the right-hand side of the screen. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hey, guys. This is Zach from Santa Barbara. I just got done listening to the Life After Your List Part 2, I believe it was. And you guys were talking about um, when you go over the knuckle with your steering. You guys were saying how you get that tie rod flop um, when you turn. There's actually, I believe it's either Rust Stuff or JCR. They sell a little Delrin spacer that goes in between the knuckle and the tie rod, and it pretty much eliminates that flop that you get when you do that. So might be something to look into if you haven't seen or heard about it already. Uh, yeah, that's all. Love the show. Keep it up. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Now, Tammy, I think I remember uh, us talking, or maybe it was just you talking and me listening uh, to, um, oh, I'm, I'm brain farting on, on the name, the Steer Sparks guy. Ron, Ron Norm. Yeah. Wasn't Ron talking about coming up with an over-the-knuckle uh, uh, steering solution that would take care of that tie rod flop as well? I, I believe he did. And, you know, they have, gosh, they have so many different versions mm-hmm. of their Yeti that I'm sure, and I think did. I think it was still in development. Actually, I don't think we were supposed to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, guys, what Zach was referring to is actually something that I am currently using, in fact. It's ca- it is from Rough Stuff, and it's called The Cure. Yes. And it is a it is a, a um it is a Delrin or a polycarbonate type of uh, of material, a UHMW type of type of stuff, and, and it's basically a hard plastic. Um it doesn't eliminate tie rod roll. It does reduce it, and I'm not going to say significantly. But oh, I will really? say that it does make a noted difference in the amount of dead spot that you have in an over-the-knuckle inverted T type of system. So um, I've heard of people running multiples of these um, to further reduce it, but I, that is not something that the site recommends. Uh, it's not something that they condone openly, um, but I'm not saying that you can't do it or it doesn't work. But I just wanted to give you guys um, just a little heads up as far as what Zach was referring to and where you can find it. Yep, yep. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that doesn't work better than I thought. When I saw that on Rough Stuff, and they called it the cure, and I went, "Oh, well, it's taken care of. It's been cured." I, now, let me let me say, <laughs> let me. Uh, I'll preface this with one other little caveat here, and that is that I am running one ton GM tie rod ends, and I think that this wasn't designed to work with those as well as it will the Jeep tie rod end. So uh, that might be part of my issue is that I've got some serious beef components on there. And this, even though it does help a little bit, 
it, 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 I don't know if it was in fully intended to work with this size of tie rod end. So, um, again, your mileage may vary, um, but again, Rough Stuff guys, just head over to their website, and what you're looking for is called The Cure. Well, you know, you know, Josh, you can draw things in that uh, AutoCAD type stuff that you have, and you yeah. have access to a machine shop. I bet you they've got some uh, deuterium, uh, whatever the hell that stuff is. <laughs> they can, you know, Tony, they I, can I, cut I, you I would... I would be lying if I if I told you that I hadn't already have a solid model drafted up and, ah, and a program ready to go for those. Go. So because it is it is a component that will wear out on you guys. It's not something you buy once and you're done with it. Um, after it's installed, it, mileage is going to vary. Like mm -hmm. I said, right. So you may end up replacing that thing once, twice a year, depending on how many miles you put on your Jeep, how often you you drive it, and of course how hard you wheel it might determine how often you're going to have to replace it. And you will have to replace it eventually. So does your shop have uh, access to depleted uranium? Because I'm thinking that is going to be <laughs> I, I your best bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here I'm, um, I'm on the SteerSmarts website in the Yeti XD one and a half ton tie rod. It says the tie rod ends. There's like a whole bunch of information about it, but unique reverse pin technology prevents our linkage from flopping or rocking. This technology is built go. into the socket, unlike the weak external supports on some competitor linkages. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, now, the only, guessing, the only... Go ahead, Tammy. I'm guessing I'm that's what we're talking yes. about here. Yes, yeah. They exactly. are. The only issue that I would have with that, even though as awesome as it does sound, and I would imagine there's a fair amount of engineering that's gone in behind it, is that if you're out in Moab on the middle of the trail and you break one, right. you can't just run down to Napa and go get another one. Well, you won't right. break this. Uh, they've designed it where it won't break. <laughs> it's extreme. I'm not extreme. saying it's impossible. Did you not hear I'm the word extreme? If. Or is it I, two I like words? The, uh, it might be two words. Well, you know I'm not going to be breaking it because no. I'm not going to be... You know, oh, you're you've already broken crazy something. On the rocks. You're gonna get real, real brave. Have a cigarette hanging out of your mouth, going yeah. cursing up a storm. Get the hell out of the way. Get a faster yeah. winch, you bastard. Yeah, we know what's gonna happen. All right, well, guys, uh, we uh, we've toned it down a bit, but we're gonna, still gonna remind you about uh, <laughs> taking our survey. So please take a moment to take our survey over at JeepTalkShow.com/slash/survey. Just some uh, information there. We'll just need your pin number and uh, next of birth, uh, <laughs> birthday. Mother's maiden name, etc. Mother's maiden name. <laughs> test, test. Address, phone number. Hey, folks, something we look forward to each and every week, and that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. And she's not just saying that because it's in the show notes. From the mind of Nikki G. Okay, uh, before I play this, should we wager, uh, take a bet? Will we be able to understand Nikki G this week? Listen. Yes, we will. <laughs> Hey, this is Nikki G. Ah. Uh, I'd like to thank Nate for his uh, installment of uh, axles. Uh, I've really learned a lot. There's, I really don't know too much about uh, axles. Wait for the twist. Well, that being said, I'd hate to correct anybody, but he left out the most popular uh -oh. and I believe the best <laughs> axle there is. Axel Rose. I'm That's about. what I'm thinking. Axel Rose, <laughs> the lead singer oh, from is. Guns N' Roses. <laughs> you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. <laughs> oh, Nikki G's Freaking going. Damn Nikki. it! I got to get better. Uh, a bit better at this. They're figuring How it out. How come we didn't see that coming a mile away? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Nikki G. It's always fun to hear from you, and especially when it's so clear. It was like you were right here with me. I could taste the tinfoil. <laughs> we haven't made a tinfoil reference about Nikki G in a long time. <laughs> yeah, not, a, not in a week or two. 
All right. Well, uh, you guys want to skip down to uh, the uh, campfire side chat? Tammy wanted to talk about purple. Or, or wheeling where? One or the other. It's it's whatever you guys want to do. Let's do a campfire side chat real quick. Okay. You had something, right, Tammy? Uh, yep, if I can find it. Oh, see, prepared as ever. Oh, yeah, because I was covered. My, the jammet covered it up. I have it. Don't blame the uh, the equipment, Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you betcha. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, sure, you betcha. So what you got, Tammy? Um, well, I'm adding some more purple to my Jeep. And <gasps> these, imagine that. Have you considered these, joining a group? These <laughs> are group. Jeep JK handle inserts. And they no, the come first step in. To, uh, to getting over a problem is admitting that you have one. <laughs> just, <Yes>. just saying. <laughs> I like purple. So anyway, Duh. this used to be black, and this goes into the insert of the handle of my door on the outside. These are, these are the things I asked you about like a week or two ago, right, Tammy? Yes. Did you, and you, you, you picked them up me, like a, you picked them up a couple months ago or so. Oh, but longer you just than hadn't that. Painted them yet? I got them for Christmas. <laughs> okay. And um, slacker, I know Josh inspired me. I painted them in 30 degree temperatures. Oh, that's how'd right. You, how'd you do, Tammy? Now, did, did you take my advice about bringing them in and letting them yes, cure inside did. and all that yep. stuff? How'd they turn out? It, it, they, I think they look pretty good. I know you probably can't see them yet, Josh. I'm, uh, I'm watching the video right now. I was trying to stall you yeah. a little bit so I could see the, <laughs> yeah. see the video because we're working on a 30 second plus delay here, guys, for the video stream from right. what, what the actual broadcast is to what YouTube is showing you. So so anyway, no. hopefully this weekend I'll be able to install them and I get to break out the drill, drill two holes, insert the screws, and they'll be on. Then I'll take pictures. Um, but they come in different colors, silver, black. And, and what yours come in? Black, but I painted ah, it purple. Okay. I well, heard they come I mean, in that like other you know, It looks like bad. you got some nice even co uh, coating on there. looks like uh, some good coverage on it, even down into the holes and everything. So yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah, the hardest part of uh, uh, spray painting anything is uh, not uh, is keeping the runs from happening. I, right. I always want to do it all one go. I don't want to have to wait for it to dry ten times. Right. So, so let me ask you guys something. I've only seen these in uh, the the JKs, and they're probably available for the TJs and stuff. But have you guys seen these metal handles that bolt on the A pillar or up close to the A pillar? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself. You mean a, on the inside of the Jeep? Yeah, so it's on yeah. the driver's side and the passenger side, and they're, they're yep. you know they look really cool. I'm thinking this is going to be a, a a great item for a, a head contusion. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I've seen it, it, I've seen some of the A pillar and and other like interior roll cage kits um, that that have those built in. I've seen other guys um, just basically add them into their existing roll cages and and mm -hmm. stuff. And and in any in every scenario. I would almost say that the roll bar directly above the opening of the of the door is 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 closer and and at higher risk of you knocking your head on than than the one on the A pillar is. Okay. I mean, you would have to be in a pretty decent head-on collision or you know a forward moving and a very abrupt stop for your head to move that far well, forward and that far over. And I forget. Whereas the roll bar above your head, I mean, we're only talking about three or four inches here to that to that roll bar. And that's why those are typically padded. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, too, I'm forgetting, the, the XJ is very low. The roof line is very low, especially mm -hmm. compared to a TJ. I, I've never been in a JK, but I'm assuming there's a lot of headroom oh. in that one as well. Yeah, so, there, there's definitely more than, the, more than the Cherokees. Yeah, so it may be well out of the way. I just know from... Uh, from going off road, it's real easy to get thrown around in the Jeep because you don't you don't see it coming. 
<laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, it's, and you don't realize how far, you know, I've got those overhead switches in my Jeep and oh, I actually yes. turned on, turned on some of the lights one time as I went through an obstacle that I didn't know was there because it was, there was, it was covered with grass and stuff. Oh boy. And I made it through there, but it was a, a pretty violent thing. And, uh, I was, and wipers are on turn signal. <laughs> <laughs> the heater goes to max. I was, volume on stereo. I was sitting in the cargo area and my underwear was on backwards. It was a hell of a strike, but, uh, yeah. So <laughs> oh I, I see those, <laughs> I see those things and I think to myself, somebody's going to get hurt on one of those things. Well, anyway, that's, that's good. I'm glad I asked because, uh, I would, I would think people wouldn't do that, uh, simply from the litigious society we're in, that it would be a, a very easy uh, way of uh, making some money so you could buy some more, I guess. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, let's get over to some wheeling. I'm mean, sorry, Josh, you didn't have anything for camp. No, no, Chad, I, I, don't, I don't have anything this week, but yeah, All let's right. Let's go ahead and move into wheel and wear guys. This is where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Now things have kind of stepped up into high gear lately. King of the hammers is going on now. In fact, it's been happening all week. So if you haven't seen any of the highlights yet, make sure you head over to ultra for racing.com. That's U L T R a, the number four racing.com and check it out. Bunch of great stuff. And there's even some awesome uh, fan videos already posted up on YouTube. Hey, we also have the BF Goodrich presenting the Unlimited Off-Road Show and Expo. It's happening March 11th through the 12th at the Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information, just head over to UORExpo.com. It's all one word, UORExpo.com. They've got everything you need uh, to find out how to get in and what they're offering Guys, this is the largest off-road show in America, celebrating all that is off-road, representing manufacturers, retailers throughout the entire 4x4 industry, connecting and entertaining friends and enthusiasts all across the Jeep, truck, UTV, and buggy communities. They're going to have one of the largest raffles ever done. they got over $50,000 in raffle prizes that they're giving away. There is one heck of an off-road obstacle course that they're posting up for you guys. Show and shine, uh, just tons of stuff. Uh, Metal Cloak is going to be there with their un really this, this thing is unreal. It's got what is it the UTI ramp or something like that? Or, or it's not an RTI. It's a, it's something else where they they use like pneumatics to raise up opposite corners of it. You thought an RTI ramp was cool and 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 shows off flex. This thing is next level. It's all happening March 11th and 12th, Texas Motor Speedway, Fort Worth, Texas. It's the unlimited off road show and expo, guys. This is the big one. Why can't they? I mean, I live near nearest the fourth largest city in the United States, and why the hell can't they have something like this near me? I mean, this is a good three and a half, I'm four hours away. I'm guessing you don't have a speedway near you. Uh, there's a well, uh, there's a drag strip in Baytown. I guess that's uh, not the same thing. Yeah, this, this is pretty big. This is going to draw people from all over the nation. I mean, heck, if I could even make it down there for this, uh, this would be something that I would I would uh, entertain going to. But uh, it's just too far of a drive for me. Um, and flying down there is just not going to be practical right now until we get a few more of your guys' subscriptions. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, guys, uh, if you are within you know a couple-hour drive or something like that uh, of this, this is going to be worth going to. And if any of you out there are planning on going to this, by all means, please oh, let yeah. us know. We'd like to go ahead and see if we can't get maybe some pictures and, uh, and at least maybe a, an update from you through a voicemail or something. Let us know how it was. Yeah, pictures would be really good. Uh, we'd like to see those over at the jeeptalkforum.com site, too, if you don't mind uh, sharing them. All right, if you're watching this on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio-only format. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tuned in Google Play, 
uh, or now iHeartRadio and never miss an episode. Hey, speaking of subscribing, you now can subscribe with your money. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the orange button that says subscribe. You can select $12, $24, or $48 a year. It's only about $0.25 an episode for the $12 one. So your account will be charged annually. You can cancel at any time. And even if you don't subscribe, we really appreciate you listening to the show. Hey, did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite (gasps) podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? It's true. iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work. But we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we are recommending that all of you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episodes much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit the subscribe button. And never miss a great, funny, informative podcast again. And hey, while you're hitting subscribe buttons, make sure you head over to youtube.com slash Show and hit our subscribe button there, guys. For every 100 subscribers, Tony gets himself a cookie. Hey, join the Jeep Talk Show team. We're looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media presence. I want to say empire. On the web, <laughs> you can be part of the Jeep Talk Show social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. And hey, if you're in a Jeep club, maybe an off-road club or anything like that, and you guys have an event coming up or, well, you just want a shout out, well, by all means, drop me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com and let me know who you are, where you're from, and a link to your club site, and we'll be sure to give you a shout out on the show. Off-roading well, that's midgets. It for, <laughs> that's it for this week, guys. Wherever you are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly, stay on designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to treadlightly.org. Hey, folks, and don't forget to go check out my blog at www.jeepmama.com. And follow me on my Jeep journey. And of course, you can find out what I'm doing behind the mic over at thevoiceofjosh.com. Waste up only, folks. You guys have a great Jeep week. We'll uh, (laughs) see you. And uh, don't forget to join us on Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time for the Jeep Talk Call-In Show. Uh, And uh, for those of you that uh, have sent in all the cards and letters asking about my kidney stone, it came (laughs) out... (laughs) It came out, and uh, we may have be having a giveaway uh, for all oh, those. God. <laughs> for all of those that are interested in having okay. a piece of the show, I need to get the show. control of your mic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, T- Tony, I, I, this might be too much information. I, I'm, I'm, I apologize if I'm making anybody comfortable, uh, Tammy. <laughs> comfortable. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Did you, did you actually pass it, or is it still floating around in your bladder? No, no, it came out. Oh, very was that, good. Was that a picture of yours that you showed? Um, was that just something like no, it? No, that was a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea. I didn't see any picture. Well, I did say four whenever it came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.